So welcome to this broadcast of the G&T show. I'm Guy Bartlett, I'm the founder of the Business Buyers Club and sat with me is my good friend and colleague Terry Gormley who's the, the founder of the Mindshaper Academy and between us we run programs educating business owners, entrepreneurs and investors in how to buy companies. But the purpose of today's broadcast is to have a bit of a light-hearted look at some of the questions that we often get sent our way on the subject of how to buy companies. The reason Terry is closely involved in what we do is because a huge component of buying businesses successfully is all about what's going on between your ears. So as the show develops and as we, as we go through the questions, you'll see how the interaction between the sort of technicalities and the facts of the process interblend with all the kind of soft human components that are really key to a successful deal. And that's both from the perspective of you as the buyer and also from uh, the vendor of the business as well. So to make the process easy, uh, we've got some questions that uh, our viewers and, uh, uh, and colleagues have sent in previously, so we're just going to kind of work through those today. So Terry, do you want to introduce the first question? Okay, well, uh, before I introduce the first question, I think it's uh, really nice if, if you have any questions for us, because this is about you guys, but if you guys do have any questions, please, we, we, you know, we love helping. But let's, shall we just get straight on to yeah, it? Yeah, let's shall go we? for it. Yeah. So yeah. here's the first question then, uh, and I think this is probably one of the frequently asked questions that we get and the most frequently asked questions and it's well it's two parts so I'll ask it one part at a time guy and we'll go from that so what are the benefits of buying a profitable company without any of your own personal capital over you know there's some people out there that, that teach uh, buying a troubled company for a pound and then fixing it and flipping sure. it so what are the benefits yeah, so, so from my own personal experience, uh, uh, as some of you will know, I've bought both profitable companies and companies that are in distress and done the, the turnaround route. And, my, and so I'm really speaking from my own personal experience. Uh, let me give you an example. So a business that uh, had a really good order book, a strong order book, good customers, um, plenty of margin in, in the orders, but two owners of the company that had kind of fallen out with each other, one wanted to leave, basically even left the country, uh, and a demoralised workforce, and the remaining uh, owner of the business really struggling to kind of you know, get, it, get it going and figure out what to do. Uh, and they tried, uh, tried selling it, that had failed. The whole thing was kind of slowly just imploding, really. Uh, so we were contacted, uh, were we interested, uh, went along, had a look at it, and, and, and cut a long story short, in a month, we'd done the, the initial due diligence and paid the pound for the business. What then followed was a turnaround process. So we spent the next eight months fixing the business. First thing that happened was the suppliers who previously had all said, yeah, yeah, we'll support the business, then uh, reduced down the credit limits. So we had to refinance the deal from within the first month of, of yeah. buying the company. Uh, and then we got, got a measure of support with suppliers, but that was always hard work. Um, the, the, the buying team you know, were constantly kind of, I need this, I need this, and trying to generate the additional cash because our credit limits were squeezed. So there's lots of squeezes going on all over the place, and you had a mixture of workforce, some of whom were, were up for it. You know, it was like, okay, new energy, let's do this, and then others that were kind of like, mm, you know, and it was really culturally, it was a challenge as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, 
the, the work went well, mm -hmm. but yeah. you know, eventually we just reached a point where it sort of ground to a halt. We mm -hmm. couldn't get momentum, mm -hmm. and, and I wasn't prepared to go and get a, a ton of money, my own money or other people's money, and put it into something that I couldn't demonstrate had you know a long-term. That's, that's high risk, right? It's yeah, high, it's high risk. risk. Yeah. And just if you could just share uh, uh, with the viewers, really the amount of time and effort that it takes in there so you said eight months so what was it eight months where you're popping in now and again or was it complete uh, early mornings late yeah. nights I, I bought a job did uh, you have did yeah. you have a full head of hair before a full head of hair before <laughs> I started that yeah yeah no I, I, I definitely bought a job you know and, and one of the things that we that we emphasize here is very much about buying companies as assets not not extra work you know if you're like me and you know, you owned a business or you own a business at the moment, you, you're working hard. There's no question of that. There isn't a business yeah. owner on the planet that doesn't have to work quite hard with a few exceptions. So the issue really was, uh, you know, I thought I'd bought an asset. I thought I'd bought something that would generate revenue for mm -hmm. me. And instead of which, it's phone calls and we need you at the office and can you come back? And what was planned to be a kind of day a week type thing, you know, pop in and see how everything's going, just became a massive kind of nursemaiding exercise. And... Mm -hmm constantly finding sticking plasters to put over things that were short-term solutions. So it's th that was my experience, and I've mm -hmm. seen that elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've done turnaround for client businesses when we were doing consulting work, um, and invariably, mm -hmm. businesses that are in distress have a whole legacy of problems. There's a reason why they're in distress. Yeah. You know, it, could be, yeah. it could be from one extreme, you know, in worst case, an owner's died unexpectedly, and, and yeah. the thing gets thrown into confusion. What was yeah. a good business is like rudderless. There's no mm. one to lead it. Mm. At the other end of the extreme, it's just not a very good business. Yeah. You know, they're in a tough market. They're not very well organized. Yeah. They've not got a sales process. All the classic things that small businesses can struggle with. You know, and, and you just kind of reach a point where it's just not very good. Yeah. Uh, so th those are the challenges around you know those kind of one-pound purchases. Mm. Sure, you, you know your risk is is limited. You only put a pound in. Um, but I heard the tale about someone who said, was it the, the football guy, uh, David Gold? He, he bought yeah, 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 he bought Birmingham. I listened to him speak a few yeah. years ago uh, uh, in London, and he said he bought Birmingham for a pound, and then, uh, and then he, he, after he'd been in a couple of months, he wanted his pound back. He wanted his pound back, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people say, well, you know, there's, there's no risk to it. Well, there is, because there's time risk, and, and time is the one thing we can't get back. You know, we, that's absolutely true. We can make money. Uh, we can do more deals, mm. but you can't get time back, you know, uh, and so that, that's a big risk for me. Mm. And secondly, reputational, you know, mm. because you are putting your reputation into this. And, and yeah. if you fail to turn it around or you can't fix it, yeah. it's not that easy just to walk away and go, oh, well, you know, only paid a pound, it's okay. Yeah. There will be consequences that follow. So uh, I think there's a third part to that as well, something that we call opportunity cost. Mm -hmm. So the time, like you said, the, the eight months that it's taken really to, to, to even begin to turn the ship around if we you know if we if we talk about it in that way the eight months you've got means that you're not making revenue buying businesses that are already profitable yeah. in other areas so there's that third mm. element mm. would you agree i would mm. I, I i would hesitate and, and just say there is a caveat to the process and that is if you if you have an existing business and you've got clear expertise and you've got a good profitable company mm. and you know what you're doing you're in control of what you're doing yeah and you see a competitor struggling for a reason that you genuinely can say, do you know what, I can fix that, that's when I would do it. And then put in all the, I always say this, I always say that success leaves clues, mm. behaviourally and in a business. Yeah. So a successful business will, will have successful systems, people in it and processes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, 
a, a business that isn't so successful will you know will will not have these processes yeah. and will be higher leveled on people yeah. and, and I think yeah. that's exactly but, exactly. e but even in those situations, again, in my experience, both my, myself and working with lots and lots of business owners over the course of time, everything takes longer than you think and everything yeah. costs more than you think. Yeah. So whenever you look at something, what seems like a, an easy opportunity, it just never is. Mm. You know, it could be easier, but not, yeah. it's not always a, you know, a panacea to, to a way forward. But nonetheless, I wouldn't say that there isn't a role for that kind of purchase. Mm -hmm. But our philosophy is, do you know what? For the time that you spend doing that, you might as well go and find a profitable company that doesn't have any problems. Which is a great segue in leading in very lovely to the second part of the question, which is uh, uh, how, how it's much quick, a quicker way to grow your business. Uh, uh, like if you, if you buy an already successful business, uh, is, is it great that it is... Uh, uh, it's much quicker to, to buy a business that's successful and, and then grow it organically. So the, yeah. the question is around growing something organically. And I know you've got yeah. a lot of experience in starting from scratch. And mm -hmm. so yeah. if you kind of share that with the viewers. Yeah, so, so I, I've, I've, I've grown three separate seven-figure businesses from, from scratch, basically. So uh, that's what I call the organic route. Um, and it's hard work. So it can be quite rewarding, can be interesting, can be fun. But it's hard work. And, and that constant search for more sales, more sales, more sales. When you get more sales, you need more staff. Staff bring their own challenges and problems. You've got culture management. Then you need more supply chain. You need more investment cash and so on and so forth. You need bigger premises. You need more vehicles. You need more IT. Everything grows like Topsy as you're growing, particularly if you're doing it quickly, growing a business. Now, often a new business will have a curve like that. It'll kind of you know, climb quickly. Yeah. But inevitably, there's going to be a top-out point. There'll be a point whether that's half a million, a million, three million, yeah. whatever that figure is. Every business has that life cycle where it yeah, starts totally, off, yeah. it does this, and then and then it gets to that point. And so and so, really, the key for me is if you if you you've got a good business, but you you know now it's really hard to push on to the next level. Why don't you just go and buy one? Why would you start something else or continue that, that constant treadmill of mm -hmm. I need to find good people to help grow it and all the risks that go with it. If you can find a business that's allied to what you do or is suitable for your, your strategy and what yeah. you want to do, just go and buy it. Yeah. In my experience, growing a, a business from scratch, founding you know, from an idea or a concept and then growing, you've got all the challenges that, that, that go along with this. And there are absolutely gaping mm. chasms, both in yeah. the limits of the business owner of smaller mm. sized businesses. There's a reason mm. why most businesses don't reach half a million pounds in turnover, yeah. a huge percentage. Yeah. And you, you know, in my experience, the business does go like that, and then it's got to level off. And very often it goes down while you put in your systems, your processes, you find the right people, you yeah. lose the right people. Yeah, and, and you're changing your systems all the time because if, if you started from scratch, you're finding out what works and what doesn't. And it's really time consuming. Hugely, hugely. And, it, and, and it's not just time consuming, it's headspace consuming. Totally, yeah. you know, my experience of business owners and myself, and I know you've been there, and plenty of the people that yeah. we've worked with over the course of time, their business is an all consuming animal. Even when they're not in the office, they're thinking about it. Yeah, totally. You know, they're, they're taking phone calls. They're, they're watching their mm. phone. They're, they're checking messages. And if you want, they never it, switch off. Yeah, and if you want a measure, and I, again, I've studied this over the years now, and I know, I know you, you're subscribing to this. Well, now you're subscribing to this. <laughs> uh, well, I, I really it's believe. It's taken a couple of years. <laughs> I really believe that uh, 
that, that business owners must have a clarity break. And what I mean by that is the most successful business owners that I know are the ones that take the most time off. They go on holiday. They, you know, they. Mm. It, it's like a time where you refresh. Where when you're a struggling business, mm. you, you see the business owners are very, very low on energy and they're flat and they and they lose the almost the will to live yeah. because they're never yeah. having holidays. I can't do that because of this. I can't do that because of this. And and all you know. And, and actually, a, th a thought's just come to mind. Talking about one of our members mm. who you know joined us with a really successful business, great strategy to to expand through acquisition and so on. Mm. Um, in fact, deferred one of the, the programs because he just won a big contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next Absolutely. time I spoke to him, he's like, I'm looking forward to you coming back. He's like, mm, I've just been hit with a fraud in my business. Yeah. So now he's doing 14-hour days you know, to fix that. That's a classic example of totally, yeah. great business, nothing yeah. wrong with it, but he's, he's got a problem. Why? Because a human being in his business has ripped him off. You know, These things happen. Mm. So I'm not saying that acquiring businesses is, is complete insulation, mm. but it's a cracking way of doing it. Totally. So, so let's just talk through that a, real, uh, you know, a, a bit at where... So you buy a business, what can you expect when you buy a, a, a really quite successful business? Let's say that you know, the business is doing a, a mm -hmm. one or two or, or more millions EBITDA per year. What can you expect? Well, the key things really, and, and we advocate, as you know, is, yeah. is, is a philosophy that says, okay, in order to do the deal, I'm going to put time and effort and I'm going to bring resources to bear, my team of experts, my, my panel of funders, etc. So I'm expecting and deserve to get paid a fee to complete that deal, uh, uh, almost as if I'm, I'm my own corporate finance team. This is something I couldn't, when I first uh, learned what you did uh, in, the, in the business bias club, I couldn't get my head around it. Mm. You do a deal and then you pay yourself for doing the deal. It was yeah. like, well, okay, but you're, you know, you're acquiring a company. I'm bought the company, it's my company now, but, but yeah, I've got to reward myself for yeah. the effort I put into and it. And I know, I know most of the people, when they come in the club, because <laughs> I have a lot of experience now, most of the people were like, feel a bit, ooh, you know, I, I shouldn't really take, you know, sort of... Well, everybody else in the food chain does. I, they so. do, they do. <laughs> They're yeah. not shy of charging And I, and I think that's for, what people do in their mind. Yeah. They're like, well, hang on, you know, yeah. the solicitors, the lawyers, uh, the funders. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, the funders, yeah. six-figure sums. It's like, yeah. oh, my yeah. God. So yeah. if, it's, if it's good, then, then it's just balancing it. Correct, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the second component is, and, and, and I've made lots of mistakes over the course of time in terms of buying companies really for cash flow and not for long-term value. Okay. So... My strategy is very clear. It's what we teach is buy, hold, improve, and then sell because the value is huge compared mm -hmm. to you know, just doing a, a buy and a flip. So, but in the meantime, that business should then pay your revenue. So again, in our financial modeling, we make sure that it, when we say a deal stacks, it stacks because it can pay your revenue yeah. of a decent level. Our, our default is six figures. So yeah. uh, we want to make sure that we're getting a decent revenue yeah. for managing the asset. And, and I stress it's managing the asset, not a new job. Mm. The third component is then if you, in very simple terms, if you buy a business at a multiple of three and sell at a multiple of six, that's mm. the goal. Mm. Uh, and that's a simple way to explain it. And when yeah. we talk about multiple, we mean multiple of profit typically as, as a measure of yeah. evaluation. So it's those, those three components, getting paid to do the deal, Paid while you while you hold the asset, mm. and and then a big payout when you come to sell it, and that's really the the cycle. So that we're there's talking a about. the couple of things that we talked about earlier that we I think we need to put into the mix here because we talked about opportunity cost, mm -hmm. uh, and that goes along with the time that you spent in the eight months. So with the, the opportunity cost, so let's take for example your last acquisition uh, a few months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, how much time post acquisition have you actually spent in that business? Um, 
so realistically, in terms since November, yeah, since so um, November, and, and we are today in yeah, we're in March, March so twenty eighteen. Yeah, so I estimate about six hours yeah. in the office of the of the company that's been acquired. I've obviously spent time at my desk in my office, strategizing, yeah, strategizing, and and some of the team members are in there. So we're yeah. not saying you know we're, we're absolutely not saying you're only going to go into a business for six, but we're no. just giving an example. So eight mm. months. Yeah. You know, every every day, many many hours every day. You know, yeah. all the challenges as a result. To now, your team members go in. Yeah. Uh, because day to day, the business operates with the team that we inherited. That's mm -hmm. the point. Shall so. we do the ship metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> go for it. So, <laughs> so uh, what I say to guys, it's like it's almost like if you if you acquire a success, if you if you acquire a business that's not really. Uh, uh, doing very well. It's like a small ship, and if you're trying to stop a small, a small like a, a yacht or whatever, a rowing boat even. If you're trying to stop it, it doesn't take much time, and so that really means that you've not got time to turn round or, uh, or turn around the business. But if you've got a big ocean liner or even you know an oil tanker, which is going, it's got all the customers, it's got everything flowing into it. You've got all the strategies in there, all the processes, procedures working, good people working, doing great jobs. It actually takes some time to slow down, yeah. and I think it, it's kind of a great metaphor that we've adopted in the club, isn't it? For it is, and, and just taking a step back as well, if you think about the, the mix of businesses out there, mm. Terry, you alluded to it before that 84% that, um, of most UK businesses, yeah. I, I think, is the stat, um, never turn over more than half a million quid. Yeah. And then obviously that, that remaining 16% also includes the FTSE 100, the big corporates and so on. So in yeah. the middle, there is a, a, a group of businesses, owner-managed businesses, mm -hmm. that we're interested in. That's, that's the kind yeah. of the target. Yeah. And out of that lot, mm -hmm. um, most of those are owned by older people who've been in business for you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And they wake up one day, they paid the house off, paid the, mm -hmm. paid the holiday home off, put the kids to university, and it's like, mm, what are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. We're approaching our salad days. Yeah. You know, how do I get out of this thing totally. that I'm now yoked to and I, and I want some value yeah. for it? And they're, they're the kind of motivated vendors that we're interested in because that way we're, we're the door marked exit for them. Yeah. We're giving them a win-win deal that's good for us and, and look for them. It, and, and look, it's difficult to, uh, to sell a business out there isn't it and mm. if you've got people you know uh, who, are, who are available but look um, this is amazing we can speak for <laughs> hours on this and you can see when I get uh, Mr Bartlett going on this but I think you know for our very first episode I think we need to uh, bring this to a close and I guess uh, uh, you, you can all look forward to uh, yeah. into the next one and uh, uh, I, th I think the summary yeah. for me Terry oh, is yeah. By all means, go and find a, a distressed business and turn it around. If, if you're confident that you've got the skills, the knowledge, the expertise, and crucially, I think, the team, because mm. you need a team, you need the right you know, lawyers, tax advisors, yeah. accountants, funders, and management team that's going to help you turn that business around. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's too beguiling to think you can just buy it for a pound and it'll be fine. Yeah. The flip side is, and it's not easy, it takes a process, but you can find lots of good, profitable mm. businesses that are more like the ship analogy that are going to sail along and it gives you time to get your feet under the table yeah. and enjoy the fruits of the asset. Yeah. So that's the message really for, for this broadcast. Um, just to give you that kind of comparison between the idea of what seems like an easy option to the longer term, more beneficial financial freedom option of buying good profitable companies. So thanks for your input and glad you, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, here's to the next G&T. Uh, and remember, click subscribe. You know, and ask some questions. Cheers, guys. Cheers.